Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. This episode is brought to you by Rideon Optics. Rideon makes amazing scopes, optics, and accessories. As the owner of the X1 Primal 4-16x44, I can tell you right now that I absolutely love it. Show our law enforcement and vets some well-deserved love and check out Rideon's website. Honestly, everything over at Rideon is super cool and we're excited to have them as a sponsor. So go to rideonoptics.com and check them out. That's R-I-T-O-N optics.com. If you are a fellow nomad and want to take your health and strength to the next level, join our Nomad Strength Tribe, our online community. We are constantly updating it with exclusive content for you. We've got behind the scenes of the podcast, training videos, articles, networking, coaching opportunities, and a ton more. Go to tribe.nomad-strength.com. We try to make it worthwhile, so I really try to over-deliver. It's only 15 bucks a month, and you get a free week trial to check it out, but I already know you're going to love it. So head on over to tribe.nomad-strength.com and learn more. And I hope to see you in there. All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm so pumped about this show today because this has been a guy that I have been following for a little over a year now. And Right when we started talking, uh, I knew that we were we were very mind connected. And uh, the reason that I was so drawn to his page is he really did a good job of showing what's possible with kettlebells. And if, as you guys know, kettlebells are my jam and I love training with them. They're my favorite tool. Um, so I'm really pumped to introduce you guys today to Akira. And uh, he's also known on Instagram as The Quiet Conqueror. And I would really encourage you guys to go check out your page. I know if you follow me on Instagram, I've shared a ton of his posts before, but I was just really excited to get to know what goes on in his mind as it relates to training and, and just get to know 
what he believes is important in training and how he comes up with the things that he does and his understanding of his body. And uh, man, I was not disappointed. All of the things that we talked about were just so fun to really nerd out on kettlebells, pretty much just that for a full hour plus. And I haven't gotten to do that for a long time. And the way that he thinks about training and the way that he connects it to uh, the way he feels in his body and how his training has become very intuitive. Uh, it was just so fun to listen to him describe it in that way. And I actually took a lot away from it. So I'm, I'm really excited to begin to put these things that we talked about into my own training and you know, see what happens and, and approach it from a lot of the same ways that we talked about in this in this conversation. So again, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. Uh, go check him out on Instagram, The Quiet Conqueror. I'll have all of that posted in the show notes. Uh, but before we get into the episode, if you haven't done so yet, please go and give a review and a five-star rating to the show on whatever podcast platform you listen on. It's really helping the show. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you who've done it. I really appreciate all of you. And now, without further ado at all, because I want you guys to really just nerd out with me on kettlebells and with, with Akira here. So here we go. All right. Akira, what's going on, man? How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Yourself? I am. I'm doing well. I do. Uh, when I do these interviews and there's like a big time zone difference. Um, I'm the worst at it with the time zone remembering. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. When, when you were telling me the other day, you're like, uh, yeah, we'll do it at this time. And I like woke up and I'm looking outside. I'm like, it's still going to be dark when I'm doing it. Cause you're a bit ahead of me, but, uh, I'm, I had, I woke up, went to jujitsu class this morning and like got all nice. fired up and ready to go. And I'm going to train when we're done. So I'm good today, man. Awesome, man. I'm probably a step behind you. I'm getting caffeinated and I'll do my training <laughs> session afterwards. So here we go. My mind will wake up halfway through. Hopefully. Yes. Perfect. Well, uh, a lot of the training stuff is what I wanted to to talk to you about today. Um, I honestly don't even remember what post I saw that came from somebody else that led me to your page. I would, I would imagine it probably was like a kettlebell Kings, mm-hmm. uh, repost of yours, but it's been about a year now. Um, but I've been super into kettlebell stuff for several years now. And one of the things that was super appealing to me when I started following your page was I don't see a ton of people that do stuff with really heavy kettlebells. Uh, and I love that. And I just, you know, you just don't see, and then you're doing it like, super heavy, but then you're also doing like the, the tosses and that kind of stuff that people would just traditionally think, oh, you need to have super lightweight if you're going to be juggling kettlebells. Um, and so I really appreciated that because I'm like, there's some heavy weight being thrown around here. That's not easy. So I'm to, to begin, I'm just curious, like how that all came about for you. Like, where did you enter into the kettlebell world of things? Yeah, I think that happened I think I purchased my own maybe getting close to three years ago. And I think I had a little bit of experience. Maybe I was training out of a a, a CrossFit gym that kind of like let me go in and do my own thing. And Mm -hmm. they were really cool. They'd have their, their downtime when they weren't doing classes and I can go and I, you know, lift some weights and do what I wanted. There there was like a 10 year gap where I I didn't really do any, any weight training at all. It was Mm -hmm. all kind of body weight. I live in Miami. So going outdoors, there's a lot of parks, there's a lot of stuff to do. And I found it to be a really creative time for me, but you're still, there was limitations and there was always something echoing in the back of my mind. Like you need something heavy on your back. And and I knew I'd get to it eventually. 
And um, it, it started, I think what actually happened, this is going to be, all my answers are going to be probably pretty long-winded. But I love it. What, what, what happened was they, they brought this big tire to a place that I train on the beach. And um, it was, I don't know, the, the weights, you know, I think those things were always inflated, but I'd like to say it was around 600 pounds. Okay. And um, it was kind of humbling, man. And I considered myself just in general, strong and adaptive and being able to do whatever. And I'm, I'm not, I'm like 175 more or less. So it's not like mm -hmm. I'm a higher body weight, but I was always pretty strong for my size. And it was tough, man. I mean, I could do it, but it was just, it would take everything out of me. And then the technique got better and I kind of adapted some strength, but that was kind of the like, okay, enough is enough. You need to reincorporate some, some things that are not, you know, squat jumps and stuff for, for the legs and, and more yeah. so anything, just that the connection between my upper body strength and, and being able to transfer it through my hips and to the ground, which was missing. Sure. And so so that started the me going to this CrossFit gym and then playing with the kettlebells there. And then I started, I think at the same time, that's when I did Instagram for the first time. I was always super reluctant about social media stuff. And I think I was convinced by a girlfriend at the time, because I'm always sending like my little videos to whoever girl I'm dating at the time. And they're like, yeah, dude, <laughs> don't care, bro. <laughs> so one of them just said, hey, do this avenue. And I, I was like, all right, I hadn't been exploring it. And then through that, I started seeing all these people doing things with mm. kettlebells and my mind, maybe like yours was gravitating towards like the non-generic, like, I don't know. It's just every, there's so many different paths, but I found some mm -hmm. people who were doing some really cool stuff that was like, man, I'd love to see if I can get into that. And then I, I, I purchased my own to kind of just really be able to spend some time with it. I think I got, um, I got a 40 kg, a 36 kg and a 22 kg. And the thought process was kind of like 40 is half my body weight. So like yeah. if I can really start to master some things with that, that made sense to me at the time, 36 being a little lighter. So I can, if things weren't really, you know, if I wasn't ready for it, I can kind of explore a little bit more. And then the lighter mm -hmm. one I thought would be for the, the flipping and all that. And that kind of just was a door opener for a while right? because I just, I'm, I don't know, man. It's, it's something about me. It's kind of a problem. I, I tend to go to like, even with barbell training, and this is why I think the kettlebells worked out for me better is I always have this propensity to add weight and probably uh. before I'm ready. And I, I just do it with intensity and, and grit and it's not conducive, you know, all sure. the time. Um, so having that ability with, with kettlebells to kind of like decrease stability and do a lot of unilateral yeah. stuff. And even like, I mean, you know, it's very different having a barbell wedged between your your, your shoulder blades and, and having to grip it in a rack. Like even the whole rack process was like, I'm still trying to really master that. And that took totally. its own effort. So anyway, it allowed me to kind of start doing this resistance training, but not get too, I, I, I you know, and this is just me. I would just get too, like, uh, going down a, a narrow path with, with the barbell stuff. So, um, so yeah, man, I just started exploring it and then seeing, you know, I think Instagram actually really helped me kind of explore what was out there and what was to be done. Yeah. I mean, and then also just kind of mastering the basics, man. Like even the stuff that I find myself doing most often is the stuff that was really like helping me develop like the bent over rows or like my, my go-to anything. Like I, I won't really lift heavy unless I do that to some capacity. Cause I just, it dials me in, in the right ways. Sure. Um, so yeah, man. And then the flipping stuff was, um, you know, it, it was, uh, just a little humbling thing, but once it clicked, it clicked. And I just realized like, Oh, because I just, again, it's like a, a mental boredom thing. It's like, I just, I'm not the guy who's going to do 
you know, 10 sets of a hundred swings. It's just, uh, it's like running. I just don't do it. Like if I'm not chasing a ball, if I'm not being chased, I have no, I just, there's nothing in there for me and I just won't do it often. So with the, the flipping, it ended up being like, Oh, I'm dialed in. Like I, I know I'm swinging properly. I don't have to do a hundred reps and see by the 80th rep. Oh, as I fatigue, I start to, you know, switch. I'm like, okay, I can, I can check my technique every time. And, um, and then yeah, do a hundred reps every once in a while. Don't be a baby about it. But you know, that those kind of things really made it appealing and made it challenging and made it Mm -hmm. this like mental puzzle that for me makes me do it more often, you know? And I think that's the, the key with this stuff. And then with, because even a slight deviation on any kind of technique, especially when it's coming to juggling thing, like you're going to know in that instant, oh, if yeah. it's, I mean, it's the, the reps toast. Like if there's exactly. even, so the, the level of focus that it brings into what you're doing is from a skills, from a skill learning perspective, like exponentially increasing your ability to nail that skill down because of the like, intense, because I mean, you're throwing 40, I mean, I've seen you, you know, do the tosses with 48 kilo bells before i'm like that is some serious stuff i mean that's some shattered bones if that's if you're not like paying attention and that drops on a foot or something it's funny because it's the same thing like imagine like because again my propensity towards like low reps and whatever so if i'm back squatting like double body weight or more and you know i'm not fully dialed in it's like my knee's just gonna feel it and i might not even feel it at the time but then i'm stiff for four days it's like so to me the risk reward is way less because if i don't get it i just drop it and and that's it i I can try to be a hero and catch it sometimes when i should and i'm like oh i ripped a callus oh i gotta (laughs) you know i I don't know it's it's just a different you know to me it's it allows you to be a little bit more you can push your level of intensity way higher with kind of less consequence i think so you're even you know? saying it's it's the it's the opposite then for how you yeah. view it, like in terms of the risk, because you can just bail out and take a step back and sure. it doesn't matter where it lands, it's just gonna be a crater in the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's you know, that's the only thing like most of my training these days, because I'm a little limited on time, ends up being in my apartment. So mm-hmm. I have to I, I spent, you know, uh, a little bit more time just doing again the focus stuff like the the the, the rows and presses and this and that and mm-hmm. I can't if I but if I go out in a grass field when I have a little bit more time like today I probably will I can be a little bit more wild about it but yeah. even that it's good to know you know that you can control things and do even like bottoms up presses and and know how to bail out of it without just having to smash a tile and you know kind of keeps me dialed in in my own totally. little way there and I'm curious too, because I've, you know, I, I have seen you train so much indoors. I mean, because I, I do every once in a while here in our place too. And it just, you know, you have to have that heightened level of, okay, I need to be a little bit more careful with some of this stuff. Um, but I'm, I haven't found like a very good shock dispersing. Like, do you have like a good pad inside or are you just not doing any kind of drops? No, at all? I'm just being real cautious about okay. it. Like when I'm not cautious, isn't the right word. I'm just really controlling it. And I just know that I kind of know my limitations. Sure. You know what I mean? I got a mat from, from kettle kettlebell Kings. That's like a nice big broad mat and uh, it doesn't do anything, man. I mean, if, if <laughs> in, in the sense of like, if I'm dropping, if I'm dropping yeah. it, I, I busted a couple towels, but you know, it, it's not. And that's with like lighter weight, me just being careless, like with the right. heavy stuff, I'm always dialed in. And I just, I just essentially like I'll bail and I'll kind of almost go to a position where I can just brace and catch. Yeah. And you, you'll see it in, in the end of a lot of some, if I'm pressing heavy into exhaustion, 
by the time I'm coming back in my rack, my rack is sloppy and it'll fall to the side. But then I feel like it's, you know, at worst, my heaviest kettlebell is 130 pounds with a handle. It's not unmanageable. So it's just, you know, just to kind of grab it in a safe position. It's not like, again, you're, you're, you're missing a, a 315 clean or something and then you're going to slam that bar on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't make sense. Totally. So I'm curious when you were foraying into Instagram world and, and like you said, it opened you up to being able to see like kind of what's out there. Who were some of those people or accounts that like kind of caught your eye early on that, that you ended up maybe emulating or learning from a bit? Like, do you have any specific ones? I, I don't know that like the time period exactly well, cause it's, it's been a few years, but, but Rhino strength is one of them that I'm always referencing him. I mean, the, the stuff he does is, is, is ridiculous. Um, and then I'm learning, I think that a lot of those inspirations came probably from like the Russians who have just been doing this and they do yeah. even wilder stuff that I wasn't exposed to because of whatever algorithm stuff that's now starting to open. And I'm realizing, Oh no, these guys all do that kind of shit. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's really impressive. Uh, and even, you know, the thing is with, with Instagram, it can be a lot for show and that's cool. You know, like even I think right. about like, you know, I do a lot of boring stuff and I just don't post it because why, why would you, you know what I mean? I, so I, I kind of <laughs> right. try to think about it, but so I'm not against the entertainment value, but I appreciate him because it's always just impressive stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's just seems like what he's busy with. And then there was a circle of people that they all kind of follow each other. And I think one leads to another kettlebell. Carl was another one who doesn't really post too much now, but was just doing like the basics of, of cleans and presses and bent presses, but just with, to me, astronomical weight, bent pressing like 92 kg and like stuff like that, that, you know, uh, to me again, it's just inspirational. And then it just starts going to different people who are like, Oh, this person is just really clean with their technique. This person really just pushes the envelope with, you know, mm-hmm. this thing. And so you just start picking, you know, pieces. And I feel like that's what I've always done in general. I remember watching when like YouTube started watching like the, the guys from New York on, on the pull-up bars and just doing amazing stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's possible. That's a thing that, that people do. And right. that kind of got me out of weights because I'm like looking at these guys. And again, I don't know the entertainment value. You always have to kind of sift through and see what, what's the reality of someone's training as opposed to what are you seeing in a two minute video. But I'm like, yo, these guys look like this is a sustainable way where you can just be strong into older years. And that was also a thing. Like I, I've always had, you know, I was 15 with like banged up knees and whatever. So I've never just been able to just say like, Oh, I'm going to just pursue this, you know, as hard as I've always had to kind of manage myself and I've always kind of had this like long term, um, in the back of my mind, again, pushing the envelope of what I can do when I'm young and and the testosterone's Mm -hmm. flowing, but also kind of have this, like, I want to be a 90 year old guy doing squats, you know, in some capacity. Um, and even that, as I'm saying, I'm like, uh, I don't know, but (laughs) at least hanging off a pull-up bar, I want to do forever. You know what I mean? Pull-up bar handstands in some form of, of whatever. So there's, there's a melding of things there, but, um, I think circling back to the original inspiration stuff, I think, yeah, once you find one, you find another, Mm -hmm. and then you grab, you grab what, what you want out of it. And it's funny, even with me getting the reverse of it. And like you saying in the beginning of like how you found my page, like, I'm curious, I guess it's all the same stuff. It's an algorithm and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you exposed through whatever. And then the kettlebell King stuff, that's when I get a bunch of followers at once. And again, it was never even my intention, man. I just, I really almost just wanted a, 
catalog of stuff I was busy with at any given yeah. time that I can kind of go back and reference to. But people also take to it. And that's also cool is this kind of to me is a byproduct. But I appreciate it. I wouldn't be talking to you if it wasn't for that. Right. So right. it's it's a cool thing. And it, it, there's obviously, man, social media is such a, a bizarre thing. And it probably is contributing to a lot of what's wrong. But man, if you can just stay into what's good for you, mm-hmm. it's really beneficial, at least with fitness. Like with fitness, it's just like yeah. heavily in education. And fitness was always oversaturated with like bad information. And this magazine article, you know, would yeah. tell you this, this, and this. I feel like now, There's such, and especially with podcasts where you really get to see, it's like, oh, this isn't just some little bullshit, you know, 30 seconds of whatever I want to get across. It's like, you can hear people really articulate, yes, you know, all these different avenues. And it's like, there's just no excuse to not get into some kind of fitness. There's just, it's just really broad ranging and you can get anything you want out of it. And it's easier than ever to you know, because the saturation part of it, you're absolutely right. And even back then it's because that was like the magazines, right. Or, or whatever it was, that was the only outlet of media, like for a a long time. And then like, when all this kind of stuff happened, it, it blew up all of the nonsense also, but it allowed these avenues for, for people who are actually teaching good things and providing good education and resources. Like, like you said, there's no real excuse. You just have to learn to kind of put your BS detector up Mm -hmm. a little bit higher and you'll be able to weed out like what's just being what, like what's kind of just garbage being peddled for a quick sale of something. And like, what's actually out there helping people, which to be fair is is probably pretty hard, man. I think, you know, I've been busy with it for so long that I'm good at sifting through it, but you know, and also I'm just, I always, I, my general reaction to things is like, mm, I don't think so. And then I might open up to be like, oh, actually there was some, some, some truth to that. And I think that's kind of my balancing mechanism for it. Yeah. But I think for people getting into it, it's tough. I mean, I get a lot of those questions where it's like, where do I start? And I'm like, man, start with getting to know yourself, like start, start figuring it out, like start getting mm-hmm. a feel for it. And, and, and you, man, you can go so many directions. And in the beginning, it's more like, do some work, you know, you can't yeah. go wrong. If you're, especially if you're young, put in some work, it's hard to break yourself at that time. But, yeah. you know, as you age, you'll see, and you'll, you'll, you'll see what you need to do to kind of do what's right for you. And I think that's a part of it too, was like the magazines I was reading when I was a kid was like, it's just bodybuilding. And that's yeah. um, an avenue and not even against bodybuilding, like the training, but right. it wasn't, it's not built for everybody. And, and the goals are different. So even if you're trying to like not be a 280 pound bodybuilder to apply those same methods to yourself. Like you can get some benefit off of it. You can get some understanding, but you got to kind of have a personal experience, even if it's just, again, the the stimulation part, the like, what are you going to be doing? What are you going to be enjoying on a day to day? What are you going to be sustainably doing? That's not an effort or it's always an effort to break through every morning is a struggle to kind of open the floodgates. But once it goes, it goes, Yeah. but, but I'm, I'm going towards what, I'm every training session is it's enjoyable. I get, it's not just a good feeling afterwards. It's like the feeling during, and again, going back to the focus thing, what gets me to dial in the most. That's like when I really, really feel my best is when I'm real dialed into something. And it's funny because it's, it's small, small steps either way Mm -hmm. that you think you are and you're not, you know, so whatever you can do to kind of really stay in that, that center lane. And that's why I've always like, I mean, handstands were a staple of mine. 
because it's, it's hard to fake for me. It's like, if I'm not dialing it, it's, I feel it instantly. So I like those kind of things that I can, I can kind of, um, get, get to that point. Yeah, definitely. And the starting the, the question, cause I get it all the time too. Like, like, especially when it comes to kettlebells, because that can be such a foreign mm-hmm. object for so many people. Like, cause it just, you know, on its face, it's just like, I don't even know what to do with this thing. Like, what is this? Right. Uh, so you get the, like, where do you start or how much weight do I start with? And I, and I, and I'm trying to remember how long ago it was. I might've seen something that you posted, but it, it like, cause you referred to it in the way of, you know, just get some work done. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have this, um, and I understand it too, like this need for a ton of structure mm-hmm. when it comes to starting something. Cause they need to be like, I need you to tell me exactly what to do because I don't want to like deviate and potentially do it wrong or hurt myself or whatever. Sure. But if in, in a way with kettlebells and stuff, it's like when you're talking about basics, like rows or just a goblet squat, like those once you, I mean, like hammer, absolutely hammer those and just do a crap ton of them. Like, sure. I mean, spend 20 minutes and just do those two movements and work up a sweat. Like you will, I mean, that's a good workout in itself. It doesn't need to be like this multi-step sets and reps or whatever. Just like, don't even put numbers on them. Just go in and like do exactly. a set until you're tired, set it down, take a breather, do some rows until you're tired and just do that for like 20 minutes. Like that's as good exactly. a workout as you're ever going to get. And you're accumulating that volume where over time, you're going to be just super dialed into the technique part of it too. And then that's when you can start moving up in weight and then just building confidence through, through your strength that way too. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't have said it better. I, I think part of that challenge is, is if you don't have a, a base of, of much and then you see, you know, the kettlebell flow, you know, going from one exercise to the next seamlessly right. and it, you know, it makes it, seem like, Oh, this is what you should be doing with this. And it's cool because like, and somehow when you grab a dumbbell, you want to do the same thing 10 times in a row. And somehow with a kettlebell, you want to switch it. And you can kind of, I've, I've done, I've gone to gyms and just do my kettlebell stuff with a dumbbell and in the same way with the same structure of a couple rows and a clean and a press. And you don't have to, it's, it's like, it's not that different. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you have, the weight and the handle is above it. So that changes things depending on how you grab it as well. Right. You know, you're going bottoms up, you can grab it from the bell itself. You can, you can grab it by the horn. So again, it just comes to like, get to know it, master a couple basics, like deadlift. If I, if I give people advice, it's like deadlift and row mm-hmm. figure that out, right. Really figure out the posterior chain, figure out the lat, how that's engaged, keeping it mm-hmm. tight, keeping the elbows close to you. And then, then if you can get into a clean and a rack, the rack is like spend six months with a rack, you know what I mean? A minimum really mm-hmm. understand where that leverage is. Cause there's a lot going on there to where in the beginning I was always kind of this elbow high and then even trying to be too upright and everything depends on what you're trying to do from it. But my pressing got up a lot by just really, really getting better at the rack. I was mm-hmm. in the beginning, maybe just really like clean and then just go into pressing. And then I just started really just spending time, whether it's squatting in the rack or, or, you know, just holding it in position, holding it up bottoms up for a while. And that added the stability to the base to where now my shoulder feels a lot healthier. I can really fire with power. And again, the transfer of energy, because I was always somewhat upper body strong and, and able to quickly do things, you know, like the first time I ever saw someone do the human flag thing, I was like, I tried it and I can kind of do it. If I Mm -hmm. look back, I'm like, Oh, that's awful. (laughs) I wasn't breathing and it looked bad, but I can manage it. Right. 
but it's not, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like certain things will come easy to whoever, but that transfer of power thing to me was something that was, was missing. And that's what I'm really trying to identify with. And I think that's why even the rows are so good because you can, you can do a lot of weight. Um, and it's not necessarily like a tremendous effort in terms of like the nervous system. You're just Mm -hmm. relying on leverages, right? You're Mm -hmm. leaning into it and you're just relying on leverages. And I think it allows you to accumulate a lot of work with a lot of weight at a lot of volume without killing yourself, but you're just building this really, really solid base. So then if you, you know, deadlift row, add the clean. And then once you get the clean now, boom, the the possibilities are endless, right? In terms of pressing, in terms of squatting, in terms of lunging. Um, And then, yeah, you want to start flipping and swinging and all that. That's another thing is I think the swing is a big complication for people because there's a little bit of trying to figure out that timing. Um, And I think people tend to just go too light, you know, so you really like allow your because it's man, you can if if I take my heaviest uh, kettlebell and I can think of what I can do with it, a swing is always one of them. You know what I mean? It's like you can do a lot with a swing if you know what you're doing. But if you're doing it too light, you always see like the the body lean is out there. It starts to reach. It starts doing. And like, I remember even looking at people's technique and people short arming and doing different things and trying to kind of convey what you should be doing with a swing. And I'm like, you've got to feel it and maybe change. You know, I've seen people do it with like grabbing um, a rope and, and having like that extra, you know, to, to help Make the lever a little bit longer. Exactly. Just really understand this. It's a pendulum, you know, you're just, you're rocking these forces and it should just be kind of like, you know, there's, you can obviously have an explosive strong swing, but, but there's something to just having a real chill, relaxed swing that, Mm -hmm. that helps you kind of see like, Oh, when do I need to pop? And that's, that's the, um, the flips really tell you like, Oh, this is when I need to apply the force. Right. And I think that's, if we're talking about any real difference when you're getting to the, your past, I've put in six months or 12 months of, of just doing the work. And now I'm trying to figure things out. We're talking about the swings and, and how it's maybe different from a, from a dumbbell is, is you, you really get to understand this timing of, of relax and, and tense and like when to have those moments of tension. And it's like mm-hmm. throwing a punch or throwing a football, you know, like you, you, you have these, these little sparks. And if you time it right, boom, it translates and you can see it and you can feel it. Um, and, and for me, someone who is either like real relaxed and doing my fluid stuff or like grinding with way too much intensity, it really helped me again, bridge, bridge some gaps where I can be a little bit more loose and flowy, but still be able to apply some, some actual power. And it's cool, man. It's, it's, you know, again, it's bringing a lot of things, a lot of puzzle pieces together that are now starting to connect and make sense. And that's really what it is. Is like a puzzle is a pretty good way to describe it with all the different possibilities of the tool itself, but even just understanding how your body reacts to like the bell where it is in space and understanding your body in space and like this proprioception concept too. And, and you do a lot of that with, uh, you get a lot of that also just doing body weight stuff. I mean, I think that's like one of the biggest, uh, growth periods for people when they start like really focusing on body weight work is how much more aware of their body and space they are. Like when you just spend time doing push-ups and pull-ups and like different grips and moving through and crawling and all these kind of things that we would like in a gym, you know, it maybe seem like push-ups maybe seem like an obvious one, but I mean, like, have you really spent time like moving slow through every angle of push-ups and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? And 
uh, a lot of people haven't. And I mean, and, and that time under tension with all this stuff is, is huge. The, the point with the swing uh, that I wanted to, to hone in on, because when you said people generally don't go heavy enough, man, I've been, I've been saying that for so long. And you see like the, like you said, it, their, their balance becomes off or it just becomes like kind of a, a thrusted front raise, like where it's just shoulder work, you know? And the, the whole point of it, like you said, is to, is to drive this power from your posterior chain. And most people don't even understand what that feels like, like to mm-hmm. really throw your hips into it and use uh, the power that's generated from in here. And, you know, it's safely, obviously, like you don't want to just say, Hey, pick up this 60, the 60 pound bell and swing it. If you've never done more than 20, right. Like right off the bat. But I think the percentage or, or, or ratio that I've generally kind of used is somewhere around like 20 to 25% body weight is like a, a, a decent starting point for a lot of people to swing, uh, because that's just enough where they've got to activate and throw those hips into it and be like, Oh, and then when they bring it back down, that's usually like the big uh, control, uh-oh, kind of like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. just, you know, lower this down nice and easy. It's all about like pushing it back and controlling that movement the whole way. Um, but once once they feel that, it's just like you can almost see it in some people too. Like that, that light literally goes on and you can see their face like, oh, okay, that's what that's supposed to feel like. And then once that happens... I think that's kind of like what you're saying too. It just opens up so many other connection points to other movements. And, and most people just don't have time like experiencing a lot of those feelings. And Mm -hmm. once you can, it's like game changer stuff for that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think, you know, again, if, if it's this hip driven movement, you're trying to take your arms out of it. I think use, use one hand, like work on the grip, do the work, right? The prerequisite, like you spend a lot of time with deadlifts and rows, you're going to develop that grip strength. And once that, like, that's also maybe another missing element is people not really knowing how to grab things. And you were talking about pull-ups and and tempo and really understanding it. Like I've done pull-ups for (laughs) the majority of my life and I'm still figuring things out about it. So, and even just again, over gripping and really feeling like what it needs, like, slight modifications in my grip where I'm in the kettlebell kind of taught me how to like, you you know, press into different portions of, of like really getting like when you're pressing, really getting it, uh, stacked on the bones and almost kind of the same thing where I'm doing this like reverse stacking to where my body is in a mechanical, like Mm -hmm. I know relaxed state, you know, I think I, again, over tension and, and focusing on reps, for example, especially like with pull-ups and pull-up, uh, pull-ups and push-ups is like being rep-driven because especially with push-ups, you can do so many of them, right? If, if anyone's moderately athletic, like 30 push-ups are not without reason. I, I, everyone on the wrestling team growing up did 75 to hundred. So you get bored and you're not really you're not understanding. So that tempo and that momentum and pausing all those things really, really kind of eliminate some of those, you know, weak spots or like disconnection points and, you know, getting slightly out of position because it's easy to, and maybe arching a little bit when you're getting to the top of the push-up as you get tired. It's like, again, me personally, I get bored with that high rep stuff. So I have to kind of then create the instability and I do a lot of unilateral work. Like that will solve a lot of problems. If you're doing 
push-ups one-handed or like assisted or something, you're going to really understand like keeping your elbow tight is a whole different mission. And and with, with pull-ups, I think what really took my pull-ups to a next level, even my weighted pull-ups is understanding one-arm pull-ups, which is like, all right, that's a, you know, that's not for everybody. That's like maybe not mm-hmm. accessible, but I, I disagree, man, because I think again, if you can hold at the top position where you're strongest and have some kind of assist with the other arm, you're going to really, really understand a different connection, even to the hips. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's something that was disconnected for me for a long time is I would keep my, my hips slightly loose. That means my lat is not, you know, in this full stretch position to where I can really contract it. And you're not allowed to do that when you do it unilaterally. So the same thing with a swing is like when you're doing two handed swings, especially even 25, 50% of your body weight, you can still do a lot with your upper body that you're not realizing. And if it's small adjustments to where you're just, you know, you're not letting the the hips do what they need to do. You're overcompensating just a little bit. It, yeah. it just ruins the timing. So again, doing it with one arm, doing it, maybe grabbing a, a towel around the thing. So your grip is even a little bit more compromised. You, so you just take that out of the equation and you're just like, Oh, I need to fi- figure out how my hamstrings are inserting into the hip socket. And like, it just, it kind of, mm-hmm. I think if anything, it gets back to the, like, get to know yourself part. Like you gotta, you gotta start internalizing a little bit of this. And that's the hardest part. It's hard for me. And I've been doing it for so long. It's the thing that will sometimes escape me. I can go through a whole three hour session and never really be dialed in somehow, you know? So always looking for little tricks to get my body to be like, Nope, you you can't, can't coast through this one, buddy. You you, you need to pay attention and, you know, beginner to advance. I think that's the one that carries through. So it sounds like, I mean, so much of, and maybe this is still the case, and maybe that's part of my next question, that so much of the way you train is very like experimental based in a lot of ways. Um, do you have, I mean, is there sort of a training structure that you have set up for yourself? Or is it very like even day to day, let's see how I feel and see what needs some work and just kind of go through it that way? Yeah, man. I think that's the most asked question. And it's, it's hard for me to answer because I think it's changed so much. And it, mm-hmm. man, it, you know, I'll have sometimes I, I probably like if I can go through my, my, my DMS and, and look at my responses, I, I've, I've tried to be like in the moment and unique with my risk. I don't have like a, a rehearsed version of it. Um, so I'm sure somewhere in there is the truth of it. But again, it depends on where I'm at in my life. I think there was time yeah. periods where I've had a lot more free time and especially when I was doing all that body weight stuff and I'd ride my bike and I'd go, Oh, let me just go to this park and see what happens there. You know, you can be real open-ended and maybe have, I've always had a couple things in mind. Like I just handstands, I want to get better at handstands. I want to get better at whatever. Um, so, and I might center something around that and then see how the body feels. And I think in the beginning, I was a lot more like reps and sets and a little bit of structure. And I think that's really, really important in the beginning because otherwise you're not honest with the work that you're doing. I think where I'm at now, and even my mentality is always like, I don't feel like I did enough. So I'm, I'm if anything, I, I might be doing too much of the work aspect. And maybe I can do a little bit more of like the, the cool time, restorative, check in with my body. How's my hip feeling? Did I tweak something? Like most of my injuries, I don't know when they happen. I just, I don't feel it as it's happening. And then the next day I'm like, oh, what was that? What I didn't yeah. even, you know, so my, my, my brain shuts off like a, a little bit of the, the pain receptor thing too much. And I think I have to like, be a little bit more conscious on trying to, to, to not be, but, um, so structure. Um, I think these days, I think I've went, when it comes to lifting heavy, 
I think I've learned that it's just productive for me to, to do uh, like what I kind of refer to as like primer work, which is yeah. a lot of like a lot of posterior chain, lat, glute, hamstring mm-hmm. stuff, um, single leg deadlifts, I think are a really good one mm-hmm. to get things going. Um, I'll, I'll kind of tap my off foot, you know, on my toes to kind of have some balance. Um, otherwise if I'm doing, really just doing it on one leg, it's like, I'm just doing way too much stability stuff and I'm not, it's not conducive to the beginning of the workout. It might be good sure. to do something at the end, but so kind of a, a stabilized single leg deadlift, um, you know, with, uh, opposing hand and foot, that's like a go-to of mine. I'll then again, so it's like, I'll take the biggest component components and start getting them dialed in. And then I'll start to incorporate some rows to really kind of engage the lats. Cause when I feel like the lats are connected and, and strong, I, I really can do everything else. But if I'm pressing, for example, I'm going to spend some time with my, with my rack and I mm-hmm. want to make sure my rack is set right and, and, mm-hmm. and dialed in and feeling good. Um, so depending I might just do a bunch of like dead stop cleans, or I might do some bottom up rack holds, maybe even just, um, some tempo pause squats in a rack to kind of make sure I'm kind of, um, centered and, and, and keeping everything tight and keeping everything where it needs to be leverage wise. And then I can go and, and do whatever either I had in mind and then supplement it. So if it's, you know, I just want to do strict presses, I'll, I'll typically like pyramid up, I'll do mm-hmm. a, a lighter weight. Uh, not to anywhere near failure. And then I kind of build up to like a crescendo where I'm like, okay, now I can apply some force and I can do like my working sets and then I'll supplement whatever I feel. And a lot of it's time constraints. Like I I run a business. I I don't always have time. Sometimes like someone said something to me the other day about like, Oh, an hour warm up. Oh, that's like my whole workout. I'm like, yeah, well maybe an hour warm up is all you need that day. And then you're warmed up for your day, whatever that might be. And then the next day, like I'm doing a lot of, you know, planning for the next day. So if I know tomorrow, Hey, I'm going to have two hours tomorrow. All right. What can I do today to make sure that my hips are feeling good for tomorrow, which is something mm-hmm. that as a young guy, I would never have done. I would be like, no, right. <laughs> run through a wall today, run through a wall tomorrow and <laughs> show up and running do it. <laughs> until, you know, you're bedridden or something. And it's like, right. it's, so I'm a little bit more, but it, there's no structure to it. Like it's, it's all really loose in yeah. my head and very little is written down. And I don't recommend that necessarily, but I think at this point I've just been doing it for so long that it, 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 it works well for me, but again, yeah. I got to check myself and, and sometimes I need a little structure and sometimes I'm just avoiding doing work in that sense too. Like, you know, I don't, so it, it's, it's always a kind of a constant uh, well, adjustment. And the, one of the things you said there, when you're talking about, you know, it's, it's based on kind of need on where you are, currently like in life and in training and, you know, schedules change and there's just, just different phases mm-hmm. of life. Right. And one of the things you said that I like put it together with something else you said earlier, when you're talking about like, maybe I just want to do focus on handstands for like six months, right. Or something, or something to that degree, like whatever the movement mm-hmm. is, that concept of just like singularly focusing on like one movement, obviously there's going to be other things that you're doing to help support that. But like this idea that I'm just going to get really good at this. I think that is such a, like a f- opposite or foreign sort of concept to people who are just getting into things. Cause they're like, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to be, I want to be better. I want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And it's like very generalized things because they're looking at it in a more short term Mm-hmm. light. Like, you know, they have like, I have these goals. I need to lose this amount of weight. I need, I want to get this amount of strength. And when you said earlier, like, I'm going to be 90 years old doing this kind of stuff. 
the way that you have that mindset, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to be 90 when I'm doing this. So I can spend six months and just focus on this for a while. Like I've got a long time before I'm there. And I think that approach, like that would just build out so much more well-roundedness and strength if more people were able to look way farther into the future and be like, I, you know, maybe it's not 90 or even old age, but it's like, let's think like 10 years from now, even. And, you know, what kind of life are you expecting to live in 10 years? And like, how is your health and fitness a part of that? And by looking that far in advance, it helps you kind of change some decisions based on how you are now. It's like, do I really need, like you said, to crush myself through like run through a wall five days in a row or like, is it, or can I slow down and focus on some other things that are going to build me up to where I am? I want to be in 10 years instead mm-hmm. of just like this 90 day or whatever it is block. Um, so I thought that was really cool because it actually like tied into what you said earlier. I'm like, man, not a lot of people have that like super long-term vision of being that well, strong and active. Two, two parts to that is like, to me, being busy with things that have a lot of carryover mm-hmm. make that work. You know what I mean? It's like, if, if I wanted to go and like, you know, improve my golf swing, like, uh, which I don't play golf, it's just a random thing that came to my mind. It's like, there's some things that can be very specific and go for it, man. Like getting good at anything specifically, is just going to help your ability to get good at things in my mind. But for me, in terms of like exercise related, I really like things with carryover, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, handstands to me are, you know, tremendous carryover in a lot of different ways. And, you know, in general, like anything you can do on gymnastic rings is going to really, really help you out. But Mm -hmm. then again, you're missing that lower body element. So having some transfer of energy stuff, you know, is important. But like the more things that I can do that help with everything else. So if I do let go of something for some time, it'll come back quickly, if not better than before. That's really what I want to be busy with. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So somehow with, with kettlebells, my focus started getting into like, even like, um, you know, like bent presses and windmills are like a weird one. That's like pretty, you can yeah. do it with a barbell, whatever. But I, I, I really like the intuitive factor that, that the kettlebells offer with it. And it's, it's kind of difficult for me, mentally speaking, like in terms of that proprioception you were talking about, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like weird counterintuitive stuff, especially yep. with my, like, a, you know, wanting to be like whole body tension. I have to like yeah. learn to relax at certain points, which is weird when you're talking about being in kind of a vulnerable position with, you know, more than half your body weight over your head in one arm doesn't seem like you should be relaxed, but it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, you got to let the hamstrings down. Otherwise you're not. So it, it's, 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 it's a fun challenge. Um, and like, why would that have carryover effect? I mean, for one, you're able to press more weight overhead in one arm than you would otherwise. So that's, developing something that again, if it's talking about my goals of, I don't even, you know, my, my long-term goals have, have changed a lot, but like, uh, you know, one arm pull-ups were one of them for a while that I really, really, mm-hmm. you know, enjoyed the thought of and, and, and also like legitimate strength on my hands, like being on a walk on my hands, being able to do multiple pushups, being able to just kind of like really, really feel comfortable with my feet off the ground, you know, is it were always long-term goals of mine. So being able to, you know, kind of have that combination of, of, um, more weight than I could ever manage, you know, with body weight stuff coupled with a little bit of this, um, you know, proprioception slash, um, intuitive relaxing tension stuff, it all really, really works and it melds well together and it allows my, my pull-up game to really explode. And it just, I don't know, it gives me a base and a confidence that, I otherwise just wouldn't have, 
You know what I mean? So totally. if it just, so the more that you can do that complements everything else that you have in mind. And even like you were saying, um, you know, you did a jujitsu class this morning. I have, I have a, a good amount of martial arts experience, but in, in my younger days and a little bit of jujitsu in, in my older days. And I think at some point I'm going to get back into it. Um, because there's a competition element, uh, that I'm, that I'm missing in my life. But, uh, one thing that I know from it is that the most humbling part was this, uh, basically this overtension thing that I tend to do yeah. is really not conducive. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I can muscle my way through a lot of things. And even like rock climbing was another one that was like, Hey, idiot, turn it off. You gotta, right. you gotta technique it a little bit. And I remember rolling with people, even people who are more advanced than me, and I can kind of muscle my way through it, which is, I'm like, I'm that guy that you don't, who you, people were like, don't roll with that guy because <laughs> he's an idiot and he's all over the place. I had a lot of wrestling Spaz background, out. so I, I'm not too spazzy. I'm pretty like, I, I know my grappling and I'm, I'm kind of, it, it wasn't too bad. But the, the point is, is that the, the even the same um, the same gears that worked with me with wrestling didn't work well with jujitsu. And yeah. again, being really relaxed. And even like my, my exercise now is, is I'm learning to just, I'm not just revving and revving and revving. I'm trying to kind of just do as much as I can go as heavy as I can and be able to breathe and hold the conversation and, and try to keep my heart rate in, in, in very manageable ways. And I have to do that with like this, again, this like kind of slow crescendoing, really, really kind of lighting the, the right fires in the right places to where I can do the most amount of work. I can sustain yeah. it. I'm, if, if I really want to and I have time, I can work out for four or five, six hours, fully fasted, not an issue, but it's, it, I have to be careful with how I'm, how I'm revving the engines. You know what I mean? Yeah. The second I start to over rev, things will start falling apart. And that's what I noticed with jujitsu is like, I'd go and I'd be like, I'd see the, what I thought was the finish line and I'm going for it. And then, you know, it's just wall after wall. And then, I'm, <laughs> you know, once you're tired, you're just ragdolled and it's like, yep. oh, it's the worst feeling <laughs> yep. in the world. So it's not the worst feeling. It is what it is, but it's, it's definitely humbling. Yes. Um, so I, I kind of, that always stuck in my mind too, of, of you don't need to, you know what I mean? You, you got to be able to somehow sustain yourself. And, and I yeah. always leave something in the tank. And even because I just, I work a lot and I've always had to work after I exercise. So if I just really drain my system and leave nothing in the tank, I'm kind of, I'm going to like deplete my, my, um, my, uh, my nervous system. I'm going to deplete mm -hmm. my, my immune system. I'm, uh, you know, I, the, anytime I've gotten really sick, it's always been after like a series of way too many hard workouts. Mm -hmm. So my, oh, this is the second part of what you were talking about, uh, in terms of, of dialing things back. It depends on who you are, right? I think right. some people need to be encouraged to, to rev up and, and yeah. to, to break out of their stagnation and to, to, to really like, even like get, get more comfortable in that, that weird threshold part of like, if, am I doing too much for yeah. me? It's almost the opposite. I, I'm so prone to go too hard that I I'm better suited, yeah. you know, to, to dial it back. So you got to know yourself with those things. Yeah. The, uh, the, the other thing that I noticed, um, because I tend to be like the inverse of you because I like to focus I, and maybe it's just an excuse that I'm giving myself to not like rev super hard, super often, but I like, I like to approach a lot of things from practice, like a practice Mm -hmm. like mindset, right? Like I just need to spend time working this position or this technique. And so maybe it's not like grinding through things or like just 
really pushing hard on the, on like the RPE scale or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and so that is something that I've noticed too. So, I mean, like it, it totally is independent of the individual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and knowing that about yourself really would kind of just come with time of training and understanding how you're going to train. And it's like a super annoying answer. Like, well, how do how am I going to know? It's like, you just have to spend a lot of time doing it and then, you know, do bo- like, operate in both spectrums, like, and see how your body reacts. Like it's, it's the most annoying answer I give with the, with the people that I work with. It's like, just experiment, like try this and see how it feels. And then if that, if you don't like that, then try this and see how it feels. And you know, it's annoying, but it's like, there's no real other way. There's, there's not like a blanket. It shouldn't be annoying though. Cause like, that's part of the problem is like, how did we all, I mean, I grew up just super competitive playing sports and whatever. And that's my thing. And my sister was the same way, hyper, hyper, even more competitive than than I am, which is almost impossible to me. But like, I I, I get it why I fell into that and it worked for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how as a society, we kind of like let go of that. It, the importance of, of, physical like movement in general like it really doesn't have to be specific it really doesn't have to be lifting weights even though i think there's just a lot of long-term benefits it really doesn't have to be anything specifically but like whether it's swimming or like even just like breath work something something to connect the mind and body like it's it's you can't really have a full human experience without it i don't think any philosopher wasn't without it like you just it's strange to me that like and okay so i'm i was born in holland um, mm-hmm. you know, I was uh, born in Amsterdam and, and I feel like from, I'm a little removed. I feel much more American than I feel Dutch, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of, a lot of what's in the culture there is like this intellectualism and mm. nothing wrong with it, man. I think pursuing wisdom and pursuing knowledge is the best thing you can ever do. But when you remove it from the physical completely, yeah. it becomes really weird. And like, it becomes limited. And, and I think so much of wisdom is intuitive, you know, and, and experience driven Mm -hmm. that I I just find it strange. Like I don't find it's, it just, it sucks, man. When someone has zero connection to exercise and they're 30 and they're asking me like, Hey, what do I do? I'm like, man, I don't know where to begin. And that's daunting. (laughs) And I I never give that answer. I'm always like, again, begin with the work, go, man, go, go swim for six months. Like see how you feel, yeah. go, do anything. And, and, and hopefully let it be fun to you. You've yeah. got to reestablish that connection to yourself. Otherwise you're just, it, it, it's not like, I guess you can, I don't know. I, to me, you can't do without it. You know, I don't know yeah. how anyone ever lives their life that way. I think it's going to catch up to you one way or another, no matter what you're busy with. And the, you know, the, the mental and the physical, like you mentioned, I mean, the, the people that would live in this, like you said, like intellectualized version of themselves without while, while ignoring the physical it's, I, I know, I, I mean, I'm sure you probably know countless that are the inverse of that also that like, yeah, sure. you know, just pursue all of the physical stuff and they're not working on any of the, the mental side. And it doesn't even necessarily mean like, you know, books, although that's a part of it, but it's just like that, just the connection between mind and body, like it goes both directions Absolutely. and, and, that and they help each other. Both ways. Exactly. Like you're, it, it, you're, there's a whole level of progress that you're like withholding from yourself by not pursuing the other side of it too. You know, I, I remember like, this is going to seem, seem a little random, but it, there was, 
a time where, okay, so I played football in South Florida and for some reason bench press was this thing that was really important in football. <laughs> so we all got enamored with it and I happened to be kind of good at it because of my structures or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was something that I, I went hard into that direction. And I remember someone telling me I was in like a conventional gym, but I, w I was a teenager, I was still in high school. And some like older dude was talking to me about squats and kind of explaining how it helps bench press. And I'm like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. And like me thinking about that now, it's like embarrassing to even admit that. <laughs> but again, it's this like transfer of energy thing. It's yeah. this engagement of the lats and the hips and the core. And I mean, it's, it's obvious, right? It's, it's well-documented. But again, it was something that was, was so solely focused that you're losing all these things that are going to help you. And you're just, mm -hmm. your foundation is crumbling, right? And you're mm -hmm. just going here and you're thinking you're propelling this thing, but it's going to just plummet into the, into the ocean. And to me, it's the same thing with, with any of those pursuits. And, and, you know, again, I, I leave room that everybody's different and, and some people have totally different approaches and it's going to work for them. But for me, it's like, you know, I, I, I think very much in the like Musashi way of, of, of being good at multiple instruments to help you with yep. the sword. Like I just, I think those things all carry over, especially if you, if you allow it, like if you're pursuing things with the intent to learn and the intent to understand, and that could be its own thing. You can mm -hmm. over pursue an understanding and lose, you know, maybe the practice of doing, but I think to me, the more you're, you're burning all those fires, it's, it's going to add to the, to the whole product. And, and for me, it makes it also like something that you are way less able to lose, you know, whether it's physically like an actual mm -hmm. performative thing, like to where I feel like if I, if I don't do pull-ups for the next year and I continue training everything else, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be good at pull-ups, but you know, also like mentally just un really, you know, understanding something like I, when I was in school, the only thing I really liked was math because it was this thing where once you know the formula and you can execute mm -hmm. it, you, you know, what's behind it, you can switch the numbers, you can do this and that. And it's always going to be, you can analyze your, your proofs and you can, it's, it's just there, it's there in front of you, yeah. but you gotta, you gotta know it. Right. So instead of just being able to rehearse, maybe the superficial, you know, sequences, like really getting to understand something, once you know the formula, you just, you never lose that. And it's like yeah. how many things you can add to your repertoire that way, um, because you don't have to be busy with it all the time. Like we just don't have time right. to be busy with everything. So, you know, get to understand it, know it deeply and then, and then move on. Absolutely. I want to ask you about like, because you had mentioned, you know, some, some, some die, sometimes on some days you have like these marathon training sessions, just because, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, suits what the day is and what you've got time for. So as far as, you know, like recovery practices, do you have anything that you do that you feel works really well for you? Cause you also mentioned like you'll do these training fasted. Is that something that's a regular deal for you just in terms of it helps you feel better kind of a thing while you train? Cause I'm yeah. the same way. I've noticed that I generally feel better training on an empty stomach uh, than I do with anything in my gut at all. Yeah. I think that's uh, probably again, a, a unique to every person. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've always, and even when I, again, coming from the younger football bodybuilder, like eat more, yep. eat more, eat more. I, I never, never, I always wanted to eat and be able to like have a long period of digestion before I started doing things. And then that quickly moved to, I'm just better if I don't eat anything, especially mm -hmm. in the morning and do my training sessions and then eat whatever I want afterwards. That just feels way, way better for me. It allows me to perform with a clearer mind. It allows me to, 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 I don't know, like, can also like limit the variables of, of again, bringing up those engines properly mm -hmm. and in, in proper sequence to where I'm firing. Right. 
Um, so I think that's, that's not a recovery thing, right? But I think that helps me perform in ways that are, are more conducive to, to, to my overall health uh, rather than just doing what I have to do. Um, I think uh, obviously hydration is a part of that uh, prior and, and after. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like proper nutrition, people ask me a lot of diet stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I think the only thing I can say is uh, besides the, the fasting element is that I really, really only eat whole foods for the most part. Like I, yeah. I just don't snack. I'll have a huge meal after I, after I work out, I can even now I'm getting to the point where I can work out and I can still stay fasted for a few more hours and then eat whenever I need to like, and I don't freak out about it. My body doesn't freak out about it. My mind doesn't freak out about it. Um, but I, I just consume, you know, I own a, a, a Mexican restaurant and I eat oh, a nice. burrito every day, you know, like, yeah. so it's not like, Oh, this is like, this is, uh, you know, um, men's health's version of, of what a good diet plan is. <laughs> right. I, I, I always gravitated towards a lot of fats. Um, I, I, I always feel more satisfied when I have a lot of proteins. I'm not necessarily scared of carbs. I, I think I work out enough to where it probably works for me. And I think that's something that's very different. Like my mm -hmm. business partner can't really do carbs at all. It really, really messes with them. So, you know, again, you got to find yourself with that. Um, but, but the key is, is that it's all fresh. It's all fresh. It's made right there. Mm -hmm. Um, it, prior to owning a restaurant, I've been working in restaurants my whole life. So I've had access to good food in that way. Um, but you know, eat, eat as much as you can of, of what feels good, what feels good in the moment, what tastes good to you, what feels good two hours after you eat it, what mm -hmm. feels good the next morning when you wake up, like eat what feels good, but in the whole spectrum of it. Right. Um, I, try to be, you know, like sugar is something I'm, I'm conscious of. I don't completely neglect it because I, you know, it's, it's nice to treat yourself, but I don't find the need to treat myself super often, you know, yeah. in that regard, because I'm always treating my, every meal I love, I'm, I'm super happy and, and satisfied. And even if it's just like a boring meal because of whatever is available, I try to just be appreciative and say, ah, oh, man, look at this nourishment. It's like going to your, your girlfriend's parents' house and, and eating whatever they, it just like be appreciative of what's in front of you kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of like supplementation, I've, I've never really been busy with it. Um, there was a time period where I was doing a lot of like, um, like super greens. I would drink a lot of super greens cause I felt like I was, you know, getting the, I always noticed that like with, with pill vitamins, I was just pissing out, you know, neon green and I didn't feel yeah. like I got a lot from it. Um, so uh, supplementation is like, eh, I don't deny its benefit. It's just not something I'm super busy with. Yeah. Um, even though now I find myself taking some fish oils and even like, you know, some anti-inflammatory stuff, MSN and Droitin and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. when I remember to, or if I'm feeling especially inflamed or whatever. Right. Um, and then like good rest, I think is like a really overlooked thing that I, I always sleep really well, but you have to give yourself time to sleep, right? You can be a, a total bear hibernation, but if, if you, if you have to wake up at six and you're going to sleep at one, that's not working either. So yeah. giving yourself time to rest, allowing your brain some disconnection time before you sleep so you can sleep sound, I think is, is probably one of the, the biggest things that even for me, it kind of came naturally, but, but it's probably a yeah. big benefit to, to that. And in terms of like active, active recovery stuff, like I used to do a lot of sauna and ice bath stuff, but I had a little bit more time. I don't have the time now. And I think it's such an exhausting thing that I don't really like, I have the time to do it, but I can't, I feel like when, when I do sauna and ice bath, I tend to really need to like not do anything afterwards. Like my mind right. doesn't work well. I'm, I'm kind of out for sure. the day. So if it's like at the end of the night, if I can, there'll be a day where 
my my life schedule will be a little bit more conducive to that. I would love to do sauna and ice bath at night, or even if it was like ice bath in the morning, cool. But ugh, that sounds not good. <laughs> and I, and I, uh, I I live in Florida, so it's not super accessible. Even if if I right. go to the ocean, it's like bath water. Unless it's you know maybe even now now in January it might be cold enough to be brisk, but it's nothing crazy. We have the Gulf Stream right. through here, so it's it's almost always warm. But um, so yeah, and that's it. I mean. You know, a, a lot of my recovery is my my warm up is my recovery, right? So right. like I, the movement will educate my body on what it needs, and like I think mm-hmm. blood flow in general is like my biggest restorative factor. Anytime I have an issue, I might you know limp for a week for some reason I don't know. You know, something will be going on with my ankle or my knee, and I just can't fully figure it out. And the only thing that really really helps me. I could take all the supplements in the world and I don't find a huge difference. Maybe it's doing something, but what helps me is, is being able to, to move through that range of motion and, and get blood flowing in that area without making it worse. Right. Which yeah. is, that's the tricky part. Cause I often, again, like I'll, I overstretch, like I'll, 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 my same weird mentality of doing too much will go into to stretching. Like yesterday I was doing this or two days ago, I was doing this hip opener stuff and I was like, Ooh, this feels really good for my knee. I got to remember this. Then the next day I started doing it again, like way too aggressively. And now my knees are like, yo dude, what, what are you doing, man? Ease up on that. And so like, I, again, it's just, I gotta, I gotta figure out that little monkey in my head that, that wants to, you know, I get excited too easily about those things. Yeah. But I think, I think again, long winded answer, but the, the biggest thing for recovery is, is movement. So knowing when to dial it back, knowing when to just be a little bit playful, like laying on the ground and, and moving from there and, and getting into different positions and, and just like finding different leverages on your body that are not just standing up and, and moving through that space standing up. Is, is really helpful for me. So like I, I used to do, I don't have a basketball right now because I think my business partner got it stolen, but I'll get another one. It doesn't matter. But I would take a basketball and I'd put, you know, I'd, I'd go into like kind of like a back bridge with the basketball, like in, in the middle of my thoracic spine. Mm-hmm. And I would just start to roll it up and down my spine mm-hmm. and stretch and roll it to the shoulder. And I could just kind of flip around and start almost like dancing on this thing. And I can almost do the same thing on the ground, but with the basketball, it's a little easier to, to actually go move and move through the space. And I find that is so restorative just to get different pressure points that are not your feet, you know, dealing right. with gravity. It's like your shoulder on this angle, your, yeah. and like, even like deep into like my rib cage and like putting a lot of pressure, but then like, again, it's almost like the ice bath thing. It's like, if you're going in an ice bath and you're just gotta cuddled up and you're just, it. you're just, yep. yeah, you got to relax. you got to like, just somehow, I know it's not the most fun, but just pretend it's, it's easy going. <laughs> right. And then you, somehow your body starts to relax as your mind relaxes. And I feel like that's when the benefit comes, the benefits not happening in that tension moment. So the same thing, like if, if you have a, a fully inflated basketball on your ribs and your body weight's on it, it's a pretty intense pressure. And I don't recommend like people just right away do it, but right. start with your back, start with your lats. And then, and then kind of just feel these different pressure points and breathing through it. And I just feel like the blood starts flowing. That always helped me with, with any kind of lower back issues and, and even stuff with the hips. Cause uh, again, the, the healthier my, my hips are feeling, I notice yeah. oh, all the issue with my knees starts going away. Um, and so it's a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of just mindful movement stuff, which you can, you know, I think people also go off the rails and do a bunch of silly stuff with that. But, but if you're really, you know, if you're honest with yourself and you're looking towards kind of the introspective process of that, I think it's just super beneficial. I had a coach, uh, I had a coach once who 
who taught about the, the, the power of like using specific words for the way that you perceive actions that you're going to take or whatever. And so he would say, you know, if we're programming something for somebody and you put in the term rest day, Mm -hmm. uh, for a thing, like what conjures in your mind when you hear someone say rest day, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm just going to lay down. I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to move. But he's like, but if we instead program the word recovery days, Mm Like, even though it's not a hard training session in your mind, it's, it's conjuring up the idea. It's like, I'm going to do some stuff like that. I'm going to just move around and get blood flowing and, and work to feel good that day. So that the next day when I'm training, it's going to be a beneficial training day. I'm not like playing a day behind because I just did nothing the entire day before. Um, and so that's kind of like the, you know, that same whole concept you were just talking about, but I've always loved using that term recovery day rather than rest day, which is what a lot of people use because just, I mean, it's, it wouldn't even necessarily see seem like a big thing, but just mentally in a lot of people rest means sleep and nothing. It's an escape. It's an escape door. You, you gave yourself a way out. And it's funny because you got to, you know, I'm, I'm, there's parts of me that get a little annoyed with trying to play tricks on myself, but in the same time, you, you kind of have to, man, it's Mm. a tricky, it's a tricky little beast. So if you're Mm -hmm. not tricking back, you're losing elements (laughs) of it. And, and what you said was so to me is very, true personally is that if I had in my mind where if it's time constraints, it's if I'm really sore, if I'm super hungover or whatever it might be, I'm like, oh, I can't have a a super badass workout where I lift the most I've ever lifted in my life. Then (laughs) I'm going to do absolutely nothing instead. And like even talking down loud, I'm like, I would never do that. But for sure I was doing that. There's been many times where I did that, where it's like this all or nothing thing. And it's again, like if I can take 10% off of my all and just give 10% on to my nothing days, I feel mm. like in the end, you're getting so much more production and it's probably more 25% and 25%. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I'm way more aware of that now. Again, my time constraints really forced me to, to know that, hey, if I do have this amount of time, what is the most beneficial thing I can do for myself? Mm. And again, some of it is getting my body ready for the next day. Some of it is dealing with a, an achy knee or an achy ankle or whatever it might be, or, or just hanging on a pull-up bar and letting some, some, you know, uh, fluids go into, into the shoulder joint that they otherwise wouldn't, or, or mm-hmm. decompressing the spine or whatever it might be that I noticed that day, I'll just feel so much better. You know what I mean? The, the day I don't yep. do anything and I have a long day of work, it's just, uh, it's not the most fun, man. It's not the most yeah. fun mentally. My body is like achy for no reason. You're tired for no reason. But if if you do something, you're just going to be spry and more productive or or more spry and more productive than you right. otherwise wouldn't be. So it's like, it's a no brainer, but you have to condition yourself to understanding that. And yeah. it, there's, again, the only thing that's going to teach that is, is to me experience, unless, you know, mentally you're better than I am and you can kind of <laughs> tell yourself that. But for me, I need it drilled into my thick skull sometimes. And I think with, with age, it comes easier than when I was younger. It's just the old phrase, like movement is medicine, you know, like yeah, man. It's, absolutely. It's the way you, I mean, you would think if you're super beat up, the, the like initial reaction for people who haven't spent a lot of time in it is be like, Oh, I, I need to back off and not do anything today because that's, what's going to help me heal. I've always heard sleep and, and rest is how you recover and all that stuff. It's like, well, just try and move a little bit and see how much better you feel once you start greasing yeah. hinges and like getting blood into some areas and then back up into your brain and through your whole body again. It's like, that is how you actually feel better. It doesn't have to be this elaborate 
whatever to do anything. Like you said, just like roll around on the floor for a little bit and just breathe into some areas that maybe feel tight. And like, that's all it really is for a lot of people. It's just the idea of continuously moving and and doing that for a period of time every day will have like, I mean, that's exponential growth at that point when you can get that breakthrough. For sure. And then you'll sleep better. Like you, yep. you, you're, you can't really rest when you're like, I'm sure everyone's experienced it. Like if you go to bed with a tight back, you have uncomfortable sleep. Yeah. So like just, you know, 10 minutes before bed, sometimes after a long day, just roll out your back a little bit and, and like you just sleep easier. Mm-hmm. So like, what is that doing? You know what I mean? That's yeah. like, I, I had a fr- like one of my best friends. He's, you know, he, he's had his on and offs with, with working out and he's in a pretty good state of it now. Um, but he, he would tell me like when we were younger, he's like, man, I want to invent a machine that you can go into. And you know, you're, you're somewhere else mentally and you, you get two hours of like the hardest workout ever or whatever. And you know, that's wrong in my mind. So many, so many ways because of like the, uh, intuitive aspect that you're missing of it, you know, really connecting through it. And that's a whole nother conversation within itself of actually like really being present you know, as you're doing it. But, but the point of this being is like the eight hours of sleep, you're disconnected. Like, and that's where a lot of the things are happening, right? That are good for your body. Yeah. So if you can, if you can assist that portion by by just again, whether it's right before bed or just whatever you did during the day to allow your sleep to be better, mm-hmm. but that's that's right. That's the ultimate lazy solution. It's like you're doing eight hours of work or six hours of work or whatever, how many hours of sleep you're getting, you're getting positive benefits to that. Facilitate it. Put put 10%, you know, of, of your of your planning towards that and and you get all this you know, free money. Yeah. I don't know. Seriously. That's a great point too, because it's one of those lessons again, like everything that we've talked about, like, it's just, you have to spend time to understand how it's going to benefit you. And then once it is, it's just spend more time doing it. Like, you know, there's yeah. no real trick or, or shortcut or anything to it. It's like, just go experience it and spend time in those places. And you'll begin to understand that over time, it'll just be like, yeah, this is just what I have to do now. And because it feels good, it's not like, because it's a chore, right? Like it's, I'm choosing to do this because I know I operate my best when I do this as a part of my day and and take these moments and these hours and practice and all that kind of stuff too. It's absolutely. Um, Cool, man. Well, we're like a little over an hour, so we'll begin to wrap things up. Uh, where is all of your, I mean, like uh, your Instagram is like the main thing that I've ever seen, but do you have any other things? Do you like, uh, I mean, I was going to ask you too, do you work with people in terms of programming or coaching or anything like that? Because no, I know that you not, get not questions really. a ton. I mean, I get questions and I try to be honest and 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 open to it and, and, mm-hmm. and help people along. I, there's, I, I did, you know, I did some training in different uh, periods of my life, but I somehow it I, I like is it's more personal to me. Yeah. Um, and maybe at some point I'll get into a little bit more of a, like a teaching thing, but there's also a little bit of like, I have a lot to figure out before I tell sure. anyone anything. The worst thing to me is like a 20 year old trainer who thinks he knows every, it's like, ugh, spare <laughs> me. But I, and I found myself a little bit as much as I, I was ahead of, I was in a good place always, you know what I mean? But I feel like me 10 years ago, I was an idiot. I'm sure I'll look at myself now and uh, that I'm an idiot in compared to what I know. And so it's just more of a deeply personal journey, but yeah. I don't mind sharing where I'm at. You know, I love, I love talking about it. I could talk about this yeah. kind of stuff all day. So if people approach me, um, you know, with, with honest intent, I'm, I'm always open to it. Um, but it's, it's not my business. I, I run a restaurant. That's my yeah. focus. You know what I mean? That's a pretty hefty Here, business in itself. Doesn't make sense, <laughs> but that's, that's where I'm at. That's awesome. So, uh, what is the, the Instagram handle for people who want to 
to go and follow along and, and see what you're doing? Uh, my, my Instagram's the quiet conqueror underscores between the, the two words. Um, probably not the easiest thing to, to remember, but it's, this is again, I'm not, it wasn't for marketing purposes. I don't even know <laughs> right. where I came up with that name. I think it was just about doing, doing again, doing the work, doing it, being busy with yourself. Right. And yes. then letting it spawn over time and then letting the work and letting, and that's even, it's a cool part of it that people appreciate it because it's just, you know, uh, I don't know it, it again, whatever way. And I've been inspired by other people, so I kind of get it. Um, but it's just, it's a little, something I can't totally wrap my head around. But, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, man, for making the time. I really enjoyed this. This was fun. We'll, uh, we'll Appreciate stay in it, touch and, and maybe Absolutely. do this again in the future, brother. Sounds great, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. 